listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. What's up, Colorado? Chris Lopez here, and welcome back to another Drinks and Deep Dive show. So today, our factoid is actually market data for Colorado Springs and Denver. Then we're jumping to a deal analysis for a three-bedroom, one-bathroom house down the Springs, which is very close to a couple of rental properties that Jenny Bayless owns. And we'll go through a couple of questions that clients have asked us the last few weeks. But first off, I'll introduce my guest, Jenny. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going, Chris? Good. I'm glad you made a drive up here to the studio today. This is fun to do it in person. Yeah. Like I said, it's always a new uh, route to get up here on I-25. So it's always interesting uh, making my way up this way. So yes, the construction <laughs> game. Yep. So I think most people know who you are, but if they don't, Jenny, you run our Southern, you run our Southern Colorado division. Um, you know, you guys are doing a great job in the Springs, helping people buy and sell properties in the Springs, and you're starting to expand down the Pueblo as well. So Jenny is incredibly knowledgeable for the market, and that's what a lot of the shows me focused on today. But jumping into our market updates first, um, let's start with Colorado Springs, and then we can jump over to Denver. Jen, jump in our factoid here, Jenny. Where do you want to start with just like what's happened in the Colorado Springs market from a high-level overview? So broken record, same old, same old. Um, however, it there's a a physical feeling, I think, regarding the market that is just a little bit less intense than it has been. So it's still hot. I mean, every, it's very difficult to be a buyer right now. Um, I don't think the sky is falling. It's just there's a little bit of breathing room. You don't have to jump on something the second that it comes onto the market. You have a little bit of time to think things through. Um, so I think that's important to just kind of point out and put into context. Um, and I, you know, just, yeah, I think that transcends to the data that we're about to talk about as well. What's the inventory like from like, you know, year over year and just compare the last couple months? Yeah, so that that's what's kind of interesting is that um, inventory um, has been steadily uh going up a tiny bit there's a little bit of a drop back um between last month and this month um so that's kind of a little bit of a disappointment but um it's significantly less than where we were this time last year which is wild to me because we're you know right in the midst of of covid this time last year so people didn't want people going through their homes so the fact that there's even less on the market now um is is a little bit wild um but yeah so we still have room to go we were thinking that things were gonna show a little bit of an upward trend last month um but it went back down again inventory wise interesting because here in denver for our inventory just kind of give some context here so june 2021 uh, you had a total active 673 properties at the end of june june 2020 was just under 1200. Mm -hmm. So here in Denver, we've actually seen our inventory build uh, more from last month. So this is actually kind of one of the first times we're kind of seeing some a little bit divergent, some data between our two markets. Yeah, I, um, I don't know why. Either. Yeah, <laughs> I, I expected yours to be a little more similar to Denver because, yeah. I mean, last month we had about 2,000 active inventory. This month, about 3,000. So, I mean, that's a 50% growth that's great. From, you know, from May to June. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot, it's still very low inventory compared to years previous, but we're seeing some more inventory build there as well. Mm -hmm. So we've seen ours go up from May to June by 50%, yours went down by, I don't know, 5% or yeah. 10%. Um, so that's very interesting. 
The other thing too, what about, because I saw this data for the Springs, let me get my mouse working here, is the showing traffic. Because mm-hmm. um, both for Denver and the Springs, the showing traffic has declined significantly. Like in Denver, this is what why I'm surprised your inventory hasn't gone up more. Uh, because, you know, back in February, March, April, we are between 20 and 22 showings here in Denver per property. And that's almost double what it normally is in the past, you know, past couple of years. And we typically see like a decline come summertime um, for showings per property. And we're definitely seeing that seasonality now, but like a much more dramatic drop off. We were at 20 or 21 in April, May was 18, June is 14. Historically, we're still between eight or 10, so we're still a lot more showings per property. Mm -hmm. But you're seeing the same stuff in the Springs as well, Jenny. Yeah. So your data looks very similar. Mm -hmm. So you went from 18 showings to like, 12 showings in yeah, June. Which is still higher than past years yeah. per, on a per property basis. But I don't know. I'm not sure if everyone just kind of is tired and went on vacation, not going to sell their house, not going to look at houses. I'm not really sure what's going on. But um, yeah, it, it's it'll be interesting to see kind of how the rest of the summer plays out for sure. And some other good news too. Um, if I can find my reference notes on here is that rent growth has gone up. Mm-hmm. I mean, year over year, we're sitting around right about 5% rent growth. Because I noticed too, like, I mean, rents were pretty flat last year during COVID. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what, late winter, early spring, we started just seeing rents go up. And now we're starting to see it in the data. Yeah. So that's the good thing. Yeah, I think it makes sense because, uh, you know, most landlords like to keep rent steady for for good tenants and everything. And as tenants decide, hey, I can actually move, I can, you know, go to a different property to live in, that's an opportunity for owners to also increase their rent rates as well. So that's probably contributing to that would be my guess. Cause you know, I, I'm actually seeing um, a couple of my tenants leave this summer. Um, you know, I didn't have hardly any turnover last summer, this summer that I guess they're feeling, you know, more comfortable moving up or whatever it is that they're doing. And I'm using that personally as an opportunity to, to raise rents. Have you had issues with, you know, renting them out? Um, I guess we'll, we'll find out. I'm currently renovating, uh, a couple of them. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find that out later. And as a plug, I mean, one of those <laughs> is one they're actually going to walk tomorrow. Yeah. Um, we're gonna be a cool YouTube video, property walks, before and after photos, what you're doing in the property, uh, a light analysis too, on why we're doing it. So we are recording that should be out sometime. And I think probably late August, we'll have that video out. So FYI, check out YouTube, everyone. All right. So as far as data here. Um, okay, same thing. We're very much still in the seller's market for Denver in the Springs. Uh, Denver is seeing a little bit more of an inventory build than the Springs is, um, you know, month to month. Both are still historically low compared to last year and just previous years. Um, we're starting to see rents bump up as well. So same old, same old, but rents are going and we're getting a little bit less pressure on the buy side, which is nice. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move over to our deep dive. Uh, I'm gonna pull up the spreadsheet here, Jenny, because this is a property that you and Leah helped close the client. And it's actually a client that uh, Press and I have worked with up here in Denver. She's bought, I think her and her husband bought, I think one one property up here, maybe one rental up here, and this last year they went down the Springs. Mm-hmm. So I know you guys worked with them. So take us a step back and talk to us, before we talk about the property, why they put their focus down the Springs versus Denver. Did they tell you why? Yeah, I mean, we're getting a lot of people that have previously invested in Denver, but um, are attracted to the, the price of entry in Colorado Springs. I mean, the fact that they were able to 
to get a single family home, what we're about to discuss, the numbers are probably very interesting to, to Denver um, investors just because they're so much lower, but the return is not that much different. So I think that's it's a really good opportunity for people. Great. So this was a 3-1 detached single family home mm -hmm. investment property. And what we're doing right now is we are all plugging this live into uh, the spreadsheet, the deal analysis spreadsheet that Joe Masti provides for us. Is part of our toolkit, so feel free to go to the website and download it. You can use the exact same tools that we do. So three one detached. Um, what was the purchase price of this property? So they bought it for two hundred and eighty three thousand two hundred. All right, we'll run up to two eighty three to keep it simple. Mm -hmm. So give us a context for just kind of the layout, the neighborhood. Actually, no, more context because you own one or two rentals that are pretty similar. You said yeah. close by, right? Yeah, so I actually own two rentals on the same street. Same, They're all cookie cutter. So um, it was very easy to answer their questions because I've had you know four years of, of rental property history um, on that street. So solid rental area. Um, it's kind of wild, you know, I, I wanna focus on their deal, but just to kind of show everyone the historic of this neighborhood, um, you know, when I purchased my rental properties there, um, I believe that they were renting it for like 875. And as you'll, you'll see what, what um, these clients are renting the same exact property for. Okay. Uh, so it's pretty, it's pretty fun to look at that. And find the property, this was just, I mean, MLS. Mm -hmm. um, how was the, the contract process? I mean, multiple offers? Yes. So um, same story, multiple offers. Um, I guess what um, was told to me on that was that uh, the seller had hesitation selling it to investors. Um, but Leah brought up a compelling point to the listing agent. Well, Tenants need places to live too. It's not like they're gonna just buy this house and let it sit vacant, you know? Yeah. Like it's, it's going to house somebody. And there's gonna be va value to the marketplace. Exactly, yeah. It, it's, it's you know, giving tenants a, a great place to live as well. So that, that, that resonated with the seller. So they went ahead and accepted their offer. Um, they did. Well, go shout out to Leah. Yeah, yeah. Leah is Leah's awesome. So shout out to her. Um, but right. yeah, so they they it was listed at two sixty, um, and they offered twenty five thousand over ask. So they they ended at two eighty five. Okay. So we'll we'll get to why the price decreased later on. Okay, perfect. So acquisition costs. I mean, it's a ballpark there for. Yeah. So about sixty five hundred total. So okay. Probably... Is that including the loan cost or separate? Uh, that is including the loan Okay, cost. so we'll yeah. put about 5,000 spreadsheet and the 1,500 on top of that's hard-coded. Yeah. So let's go through the getter contract. I'll see multiple bid situation. Mm -hmm. They went and over asked. Mm -hmm. A few bucks got dropped off. Inspection items? Yes. So th there was a structural issue come inspection time that they found. Um, so there's a lot of negotiation, I guess. Things got a, a little tense at some point. They thought that they're gonna have to end up walking away, but they held strong to their numbers. Um, so they really, uh, the, the clients wanted 7,500 off to, to take care of the structural issue. Um, and because of um, lending requirements, they were only allowed to get a $5,700 seller credit. So the difference was in purchase price is is taken off the top because oh so they actually agree the whole full seventy five yes after oh. after a lot of back and forth <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, I thought it was great yeah yeah okay um, so I, I was actually making notes here to say great let's for instance you know, hey I thought they got two thousand so the seventy five hundred like 
you know, to, sh- is that worthwhile enough to blow up the deal? But they right. got the full amount. They did. And so what Jenny was referencing there, kind of take a step back. So as you go to a contract out there, buy a property, the first phase of the contract is the due diligence phase. You'll go out there, get your inspector, sewer scope, radon test, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that's where, that's like round two negotiating, negotiation with between the buyer and seller. And the most common area where deals fall apart. Mm-hmm. This one found some issues, structural stuff. 7,500, I mean, not, I mean, trying to change, but not too bad for structural. Yeah. Could be another zero on there in some instances. <laughs> yeah. So got seller credits of 5,700, and that is on investment properties that is up to about 2% of the mortgage balance. Mm-hmm. So primary, 3% of the mortgage balance is what seller credits can do. And that's why we had to max out there and then take a couple bucks off the, the uh, repair price. So initial repair costs, I mean, 7,500 for the structural. So they haven't done it yet, um, okay. but to get it rented, they had to put $3,500 into the property because um, there's some pet stains on the carpet, the bathtub need a little bit of TLC. So in order to get it top-notch property, um, 3,500. Okay. Yeah. And they're going to do the uh, structural, structural down, the down the road. Yeah. It's one of those things to just do mm-hmm. at some point. Okay. Yeah. Interest rate on the mortgage. So we're doing a 25% down payment, I assume. Actually, why did I say I assume? Let me ask you the question. Yeah. I'm going to rephrase that, Jenny. What down payment did they do? It was not 25%. I I figured that after I yeah. called myself. So, <laughs> so part of uh, part of the environment that we're in, um, properties are not appraising. They're just not, the values are not catching up to what the market is demanding. So they had to put in an appraisal, uh, appraisal gap. So um, their loan is for 202,000, which comes out to about 28 and a half percent down. All right. So 28, 28.5% down. Yeah. Um, and that was due to just, it came in what, came five in at, or $7,000 yeah. under appraisal did? 270 is what okay. it came in at. So, so I mean, that increased mm-hmm. your cash to close by, I mean, what, we went from? About 13,000. Okay. Yeah. So not a huge amount, some more equity down. What's their interest rate? 3.375. Ooh, that's wonderful. Yeah. 3.375, 30-year fixed? Yep. 30-year fixed. All right. <laughs> Going back to your potential spoiler alert, what did this rent out for? 14.50. Were you surprised by that? I was shocked. Um, I told them to underwrite it at 1,400. Okay. So um, we're going to... Okay, so yeah. we'll start with 1,400. Actually, we'll leave it at 1,450 before yeah. I run that. So I, I was super pumped for them when they said that. Vacancy three percent, rent increase three percent, appreciation five percent. Mm-hmm. We'll just put effective tax rate to twenty five to keep it consistent. Property management. So we got Denver investors, and they live in North Denver, if I remember correctly. Um, Self managing or property manager. So this is kind of a fun fact. Despite only being an hour away, um, this this uh, couple has never set foot in the home. So it's the best of both worlds. They're an hour away from this house. They can go down there if, you know, there's a major issue. But, you know, Leah worked with them. She was their on-the-ground uh, person to, to get in there for inspection, showings, all that good stuff. And they've they've never seen the home. Um, so now they turned it over to a property manager. Same thing. That property manager has taken it and run with it. And obviously getting very good uh, rents for them as well. So it's I thought that was pretty interesting. 
I like that style. Yeah, Wait, me try, too. Yeah. yeah. So 10% is what we're, we're using for that. So 10% for PM uh, repairs and maintenance. So they're actually budgeting pretty conservatively at 10%. Okay. Um, which, when was this house built? Um, in the 70s. Okay. They're, these houses are pretty solid, generally speaking. They're, the bones are really good. So I think that I think they will be pleasantly surprised with that number. Just a guess. HOA? Nope. No HOA. Taxes, real estate taxes. A thousand a year. Property insurance? Um, eleven hundred a year. And then how utilities, uh, is the landlord paying it or is it all in the tenant's name? All tenant. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is through the, because in Colorado Springs, you used to have you have basically one utility for everything, right? Yeah. So this particular house is all through Colorado Springs Utilities. Um, they would have to do trash separate, but um, yeah, everything is set up through there. All right. So tenant pays for everything. Landscaping, snow removal, tenant's responsibility? Yes. And okay. that was one of the the major features that these clients liked about the property is that it was recently zeroscaped in the front yard. So they don't have to have any surprise, landscape surprises from the tenants. There's less for them to worry about in the long run. So, yeah. Less for them to kill by not watering it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't kill rocks, I guess, right? <laughs> All right. Any other inputs? Nope. All right. So going over to the cash flow tab here. So we restate all the data on here. So they bought this house, a 3-1 for about 283000 down, about $85,000 all in between their down payment, closing cost, and some initial repair costs. And annual rental income is about 17000 for the year. After you start, subtract out uh, vacancy and all the expenses, their NOI is just north of eleven thousand a year. Annual mortgage payments about ten thousand a year. Their cash flow is about six hundred dollars a year, or about fifty dollars a month. Mm-hmm. What was your reaction when they ran these numbers? I mean, I think this is just a really good example of investors that are they're in it for the long run. Um, they have a very long term view on this property. It's a solid property, growing area. They've not had to put a lot of you know miles on their car to come down and see it clearly so i think that this is great if i if i could buy a property that i don't have to put hardly any you know work into or time into and i'm gonna break even on it considering all of my contingencies um and then getting all the other benefits to real estate i think it's a winner and that sure. fits their investing goals. I mean, exactly. their clients say they, you know, they're young couple, mm-hmm. they have a family, they work, they're raising kids, like they're busy. Yeah. Their exactly. their full time career is not to go out there and invest in real estate yeah. or go knock on doors or do a burr. I think they have a really good perspective on their real estate goals. Yeah. Um, they are looking 10 years out. Um, so, you know, and asking them what is what's their plan for this property, they're going to, you know, see, and they're not even going to look at it for, five more years, see where the equity is at that point, and then see if they'd be able to tap into that, leverage that f- to purchase additional properties. And, you know, I would assume that the the way that the rent has been going on, on this property and on this neighborhood, that, you know, they'll be able to, to increase the rent to cover those extra leveraged costs. So I think it's, I think it's an awesome, solid investment for them. So I'm actually gonna switch over to the long-term analysis. You said five years, that was kind of the first major like, hey, What's the, what's going on here? Yeah. What can we do? So at, at year five, according to the assumptions we put in there of 3% rent growth and 5% appreciation. And this has some default stuff built in here for uh, inflation of expenses as well. Mm-hmm. 
cash flow would be just under about 2000 bucks a year. It's all projected year five. So $2,000 a year in cash flow, but total equity of $180,000. Now, of course, that's including their down payment of about 85,000, but they'll have about $100,000 in equity of additional equity yep. that did not cost anything between market appreciation and their tenants paying down their, their uh, loan principal. Yep. So $180,000 in equity, uh, that'll probably get some options to maybe pull out some cash yeah. or sell and 1031 and trade up. Exactly. Yeah, they ha- they're going to have so many options on this house. And, you know, obviously we can't predict the future, but my hope for them is that um, this house is as low maintenance as we're anticipating that it will be. And it'll just be a solid property to sit and grow for them. Great. Yeah. All right. One last thing I want to look at just so I stay up to date, because this is how I love kind of learning about the springs market. So looking at about a 4% cap rate, mm-hmm. which is similar cap rate we're seeing up here in Denver. Yeah. And again, this is pretty conservative, conservative <clears throat> underwriting. We mm-hmm. could change that, make it a higher cap rate, but right around a 4% cap rate. Yep. So again, similar returns what we're seeing between springs and Denver, but just a lower price point yeah. and potentially maybe a little bit longer runway since springs tends to trail Denver by a year or two, three years? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, even at this, the rent rate that they're at, which I'm so pumped for them, it's, it's an awesome rent rate. It's still considerably below the the market average for a three bedroom single family home. Down so there. hopefully so, push it up. Yeah, I think that they have a, like room to grow um, on that as well, in addition to what the market's already giving them. Awesome. Growth. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm so excited for it. Congrats to the client yeah. and great job to you and Leah for getting it done and you know, making it happen because it's not easy right now. (laughs) All right. So moving over to some of our questions here as we go through our questions round in the deep dives today. So Jenny, questions that the clients and listeners have asked on here, you know, a couple, I think about four or six weeks ago, we did that corporate rentals podcast. I forget our guest's name, but you know she's crushing at corporate rentals. Diana, yeah. Diana, I know you had a client mm-hmm. start doing. It. You've had more clients now, but what is going on with corporate rentals, and what are people doing? Like, what's the activity been like? Yeah, so it's uh, you know it's been really interesting to dive into that niche, learn more about it. You know, obviously, I don't have hands-on personal experience for it, but I'm just I'm learning through our clients, learning through Diana. Um, we have another contact, Cindy, who also runs a similar type of uh, a management company down there. So learning fr- from them. Um, we have one client um, that we're hoping to do a deal analysis with after they've gotten everything up and running. They closed on a townhome with Leah, uh, I think about a month or so ago, and, and they're currently in the furnishing stage of it and they're getting it ready to to become a corporate rental. They're really excited about that and the returns that are projected are really impressive. Um, you know, they have a solid newer townhome. So we're expecting pretty low maintenance on that. We think that it's in an area that is expected to to grow because of the the innovation that's coming around there. Um, and then they're also able to reap the benefits of the cash flow by turning it into a corporate rental. What's the the cash on cash free you know, percentage of numbers you're seeing with some of these corporate rentals now? Um, I think we're or expecting we're to be. guessing about seven. Seven percent. Um, so I'll definitely want to get real numbers once everyone is kind of settled into it and seeing where things are, are landing. Um, I also want to collect more data regarding a, initial startup costs because you know that's that's a pretty big investment. Probably ten thousand dollars is what I've been 
you know, big check to write. Yeah, for like furniture and everything. <clears throat> so I, I'm really curious to kind of see how their journey goes on that. Um, and then I, I also have a client that I'm working with. We're supposed to close next week. It's a new build. Um, and he intends to, to do the same strategy on that. And we've just had a lot of interest from from other people that you know, want to want to move to the springs uh, for their investments, but they also want to um, be able to have more of cash flow than what the market's currently offering on long term rentals. So um, I'm really excited to see where the strategy goes for people. Great. Yeah. All right. So we have about five months left in here. We got a dual ended question here. I'm gonna ask you first, Jenny. Okay. We just hit the halfway point of the year. We published our 2021 Colorado uh, book. You know, a couple months ago. What's your investing goals for the rest of the year? What's it look like? <laughs> that sounds like a familiar question yes. from what we were, uh, we were prepping for. So my investment goals for the rest of the year is I'm really happy with all the properties that I have right now. Um, two of them I'm undergoing um, some renovations on or planning to. And they're um, like twenty dollars to $30,000 renovations. They're, yeah, they're I mean, decent. they're decent ones, right? Exactly. Yeah. So we'll definitely document those for, for listeners and everything so that they can kind of see that, see what I'm trying to do. So I'm trying to do that in hopes that I'll be able to make a return off of uh, the rent bump, um, you know, as, as people are leaving for that. And then I'm just stabilizing the rest of my portfolio and I'm really happy with it. So yeah, that that's my plans for 2021. So my plans, and originally this is a question Jenny would ask me, Jenny would ask me, so I got the, I got the opportunity to turn around first. Uh, so my goals for years, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, like six days ago, I just closed on a rental property up here in Denver, a uh, house with an ADU. So pre, you know, pretty solid number. I like it. Just put 15% down to max leverage. It'll cash flow a little bit, but again, just a long-term play, mm-hmm. five, seven years, maybe make a, make a move with it. Um, rest of the year, I'm actually in the process of investing in my first like uh, syndication deal, just limited partnership with a retirement account. Uh, going to put some money in there. And that's been a very interesting process, learning stuff, all the self-directed, actually the solo 401k. And there's a lot more paperwork and details than I expected, yeah. which doesn't necessarily go well with me, but I'm over that hurdle now, plunking the first chunk of money, see how that, you know, to invest in there. I'm excited about that. Just a little bit of diversification mm-hmm. and just to learn about it. Like I, I know lots of people that you know do both sides. They're the they bring the deals or make the deals, but they also do the limited uh, partnership as investors. So I'm I'm excited to do that. And for the rest of the year, um, don't have any other specific investing goals. Like I kind of those are my high level goals. If I can do a couple good investments every year, I'm very happy. Yeah. In terms of like as where all my tension and you know extra money is going is kind of reinvesting back into to growing the business and going from there. Yeah. And then buy another couple properties next year. Great. What what is your what's your number? What's your property number? Or do you have an NOI number? I have a more of an NOI number. Okay. Um I mean my NOI is about thirteen thousand I'm shooting for. Mm-hmm. When I get there, I'll readjust. I'm I'm definitely over fifty percent of the way there, so I'm very happy about that. Yeah. Uh, but right now that's the goal I'm working towards. Um and when I get there, I'll reevaluate. But that's head down doing that. And I have the thirteen thousand as a buffer, it's like, hey, I figure for ten thousand dollars a month, a good roundup. I always like to buffer things and round up. Yeah. So that three thousand is just buffer space, and I know my budgeting skills go, so I try to buffer <laughs> more because my budgets uh, don't align always with reality. Yeah, I mean, I'm an accountant, and it's this, I can say the same thing mm-hmm. for me. So don't, yeah, it's. I think that's pretty much for everyone. Is that you know, especially now, I, I'm kind of choking on some of my invoices that I'm getting for these rehabs because numbers have changed quite a bit over the last 
couple years it's more from, expensive yes yeah so i'm having to like recalibrate a lot um and, and adjust accordingly so adjust your spending or just just your expectations Ex- expectations yeah. yeah so like so you're still writing a check we're just like uh, uh yeah. okay <laughs> i'm like well that sucks i guess we're gonna have to you know uh, pick out a cheaper tile or, or something like that yeah um you know in, in the property that you guys are gonna see tomorrow um our our landscaping ran over because there's a few hiccups so i had to get rid of the the stone uh you know countertop that i wanted to get and now it's going to be laminate so let me ask you this because yeah. i've noticed about myself so as you you know you've you've got a one-year-old now or a little over a one-year-old mm-hmm. as you start a family hey have you cared less about some of those details and <laughs> some of the check amounts yeah yeah i'm just like whatever i just want um, it to be done like i'd rather hang out with her than uh, you know waste brain power over that so I, i've had the same thing i'm, I'm definitely yeah. um Willing to pay a little more for convenience, like all right, well, whatever, that's it. And if that pushes goals along down the road, like I just that's been a big adjustment for the last couple of years. I've no, or not adjustment, just a a realization I've had. Yeah. And just really coming to you know like you know we're you know we're logical in the way we think. Just saying, hey, you know what? When I uh, do this, cool. Thought about it, made a decision. I'm good with it. Okay, whenever a couple thousand dollars, <sighs> but whatever. I mean, here it is. I I've really adjusted. Like I just my I don't care factor has gone up a few notches. Oh, mine has gone up unbelievably, oh. I would say. Yeah, I mean, especially for, you know, some of the the hiccups that we've run into at this house. I'm like, it, you know, my past my past self a couple of years ago, I would have been down there, you know, doing shoveling stuff and all that good, you know, all those things. And now I'm just like, no, I, I just have too much other things on my yep. plate right now. So, yeah. <laughs> Jenny, this has been great. So again, if you're out there, if you guys are interested in investing in Colorado Springs, reach out to us. You can, you can reach out to Jenny, Jenny at Envision REA, or you can go to the website, denverinvestmentrealestate.com, fill out the consultation request. That'll get filtered out to Jenny as well. Or just investing in general in Denver, Pueblo, reach out. We are, you know, we focus a lot on helping people look at their situation, identify their strategy, match them up with the right strategy and market and then act as your agents and execute on there and transact. So Jenny, you guys are crushing it down there. So congrats and thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate it.